How do you one. cut me? Vertically, horizontally? Well, yeah, I think you probably <laughs> vertically. <laughs> then I'm in trouble. <laughs> do you want me to yeah. get out of your way? Am I in your way? No, no, no. So, no, oh, no, okay. no. We'll start to three, two, one. Sorry for saying sorry. Media presents the Purr Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hello, this is Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. And this is Dr. Susan Little. And we're very excited because this is the second podcast that we're talking with the famous Steve Dale. Yay! And finally, I get to interview Steve Dale. I know. It's always the way around, it seems like, Steve. Yeah, yeah it's always the other here? way around. Normally, uh, you interview us. Yes, normally I do. And especially, I think I've interviewed Dr. Little, let me check, 8,912 <laughs> times. So this is this is the first time Indeed. I've been looking forward to this. This is my career highlight. Aww. I can now say my career is, I could I could just stop It's tomorrow. all downhill and, from and, here. And, and it could I, be. And I feel a little neglected here. But that's okay. <laughs> Who that's are you? Okay. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's Who's this so, guy? Last time, when we were in Chicago last time, you said, oh, I could have interviewed you if you would have let me know that you were there. And I'm like, oh, that was my chance. Oh, Yola's not feeling the love. Oh, no. <laughs> not actually, not I'm... Happy to do it the next time oh, you're wonderful. in Chicago, anytime. Thank you. So. Tell us a little bit about how Wynn started. I mean, I know this story, but but uh, let's so, let for everybody else, let's so, tell us how. Sure. So, uh, first of all, Dr. Little knows this story because she has been so much a part of the Wynn Feline Foundation history. Uh, the Wynn Feline Foundation has been very lucky over the years. I've been involved. Oh. 13 years or so now, something oh, like easily. that. Steve, this Where is I've been kind on the of board. a time step for Susan. We don't want to get there, you know, because she might get, you know. She, I think she is still like, we don't in her 20s. So, you know. Well, well, I well, I am, of course. Yes. Uh, yes. So, so when, in her previous life, she was very important. Yes. Yes. Well, she was six years old at the time. There you oh, go. Exactly. Yeah. But, Child but prodigy. She, she yeah. really was, uh, Wynn's very, been very fortunate to get the right people at the yes. right time. Yeah, many and, many good people. Yeah, right. and and you were absolutely one of them. Proud you changed, to be part of it. You changed the course of the Wind Feline Foundation. Just the you right really timing. Did. Yeah, yep. But you did, and uh, the Wind Feline Foundation began 51 years ago now. Wow. Uh, uh, through a gentleman by the name of Robert Wynn, mm -hmm. who's long passed away, who was then involved with breeding cats with the Cat Fanciers Association, who said, "You know what? I wish we had more studies about cats." Yeah. Good point. And it went from there, which was zero dollars at the beginning, whatever you had to pay to become a 5013C, which was something like 25 bucks. Mm -hmm. So it went from 25 bucks to mm -hmm. where the Wind Feline Foundation is today, to the extent that pretty much when you guys talk about cats, and you know this mm -hmm. better than I know it, when you talk about cats up on stage, mm -hmm. nearly everything you talk about was once funded that that science yeah. was once funded some part some uh, way yeah, yeah. By, by the wind feline and Foundation. there's been some uh, uh groundbreaking famous studies um you know the one the one i always like to talk about the best is is uh, a, another heart disease story and that's paul pion and and taurine mm. right and it's funny how that's coming up again right? yeah, yeah absolutely so uh yeah that study you referred to cats were getting very ill and often dying of dilated, dilated ca yeah. cardiomyopathy. And Paul Pion had this crazy idea, and it was considered a crazy notion back then, yep. that that the reason for this is has to do with nutrition. Mm. And, and back at that time, even today, you're the expert here, people don't think of nutrition 
connecting to all these things that they should. All these medical yeah. issues. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a basic entity. Yeah? People just believe that, you know, you eat and now you don't have to think about it. Yeah. But it is so important, especially for our pets, that, you know, this is the only thing we feed them. And if we don't think about that it's a balanced diet, yep. pets can get in trouble. Yep. So And they were s- getting in trouble. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, and then, uh, you know, we know that a lot of new diets are very specific offense or whatever yeah. uh, to the needs of the owner more than to the pet. Yeah. And then it disrupts that balance. Yeah. yeah, marketing people have a lot to say. And sometimes nutritionists don't with these smaller yeah. companies, mm-hmm. which is a whole different issue, yeah. but it's a true issue. So in, in any case, back then, Paul Payan said, this is what I believe. It was out of the funding cycle, but it Wynn was. said, this is really we, important. Wynn took and, a chance. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and wow, amazing results mm-hmm. because we rarely see in cats anymore dilated cardiomyopathy, and it's all down to that like one key discovery. Yep. Right. Just and, amazing. And uh, fast forward the clock. Yes. I, I just spoke to a uh, researcher who said, I am working on stem cells for uh, GI disease in cats. And I can't believe it, he said. It's even better than what I thought about. Mm. I mean, the results aren't in yet. It's not published. Mm. He's in phase two of the study. Phase one, wind funded. Phase two, wind funded. Uh, there needs to be a phase three. Mm. But what happened was there was a bit of press about it. And a donor came in and huge amount of money. I I can't be specific because mm. I'm not supposed to be here. Mm. But the idea is, as a result of initial win funding, now a private donor has come in wow. and said something bad happened. I presume something bad happened to this person's cat where they care that much about this issue. And now this is going to move fast forward. The point is stem cells, that's kind of cutting edge. Mm. So uh, the Wind Feline Foundation has always been sort of ahead of the curve, and, and I would argue uh, we continue to be. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that one of Wynn's roles is often to get the ball rolling, you know, to fund that initial concept, that initial idea that then may get taken up, you know, by other granting agencies or other donors. And ultimately, this could be the National Institutes of Health because mm-hmm. there seems to be a correlation with humans here potentially. So, and that wouldn't be the first time that that's happened with Absolutely. a WIND project. So, uh, with the WIND Feline Foundation, I feel very, very connected to, and I'm grateful to still be on the board. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it also links back to the fact what you're doing in real life, which is kind of translating this kind of stuff because that's really on a high scientific level to back to the consumer, which are your listeners, and how can you translate these, this difficult information to information that people understand? Mm. How do I do yeah. it? Yeah, because that's a skill what's set. The, what's the magic? Yeah. <laughs> I don't it know. Is a skill set. I don't know. I, I, don't I get know. asked I don't know. at times to talk to pet owners about things, and I really struggle with that. Really? I do. Because You're so good. No, but I, but I am so used to communicating with veterinarians and veterinary team members that to make that kind of shift and change like your your language to uh, speak to a pet owner to me this this is a huge struggle for me it's you're you're what I love about you is that you naturally are able to fit that audience and you and I have lectured together at yes. veterinary meetings yes right and so and you have no trouble then shifting to the veterinary audience right well so I'm, when I'm you're very talking, lucky when you're yeah. talking to pet owners how do you communicate what's different well I here's part of what's different I'm not talking about surgery here mm-hmm. I generally talk about behavior. So that's something that resonates with most pet owners True. anyway. So I doubt you guys go to a party 
say, I'm a veterinarian, and they're not asking you, I mean, maybe they're asking you about heart disease, maybe they're asking you about nutrition, but what they mostly ask about is, why does my cat do that? Why does my, and sometimes those answers are just curious questions people have. They want to know what their cat is really thinking. The, the question I love so often, does my cat or another species really love me? I get that at the time. Ask you that? All the time. No, and how do kidding. and how do I know? Aww. More with cats than uh, other up, species. Yeah, they I relate differently. Yeah, I did I get, not know that. Yeah, I get that all the time. Aww. But but and, often and how can you tell? Yeah, what do you say? Mm-hmm. Yes, Steve. Cats communicate with us all the time. Mm-hmm. And they're you know, so cats people think uh, are not communicating and they're aloof and they don't want to have anything to do with us and all those things and that is the opposite mm-hmm. of the case they just communicate very differently than the other species mm-hmm. does and that species that begins with the letter D mm-hmm. we actually evolved with that species so I would argue we're hardwired to understand them for, for one thing the second thing is they are more clear in how in often their signaling. yes yeah. absolutely perfect yes uh, and c- cats you have to pay a bit more attention to, but they are always, always communicating with us, often on purpose, mm. and, and we don't even get that. Yeah. So uh, here's something I have, I get all the time, all the time. I'm petting my cat, and my cat bites me. Yeah. But cats sometimes will just do that, mm. hyperesthesia syndrome sometimes, I suppose, and sometimes just do that. Maybe pain, or just that individual crooky cat, but usually, there are all so- sorts of signals going on. You know, the whiskers go out and the ears go Before up and the, the eyes dilate. Yeah. All those things yeah. happen. Maybe a pilo erection, the tail's yeah. going back and forth. Maybe not all those things, but they're not paying attention necessarily. Yeah. Or they don't understand those signals. Some people, even who have had cats their entire life, think that, oh, the tail's going back and forth. I've got a happy cat. I agree with you. I've met a lot of uh, cat owners who maybe have had generations of cats and still don't quite get the subtleties of cat communication. And sometimes, I agree, and sometimes it's so subtle that, and the cats aren't communicating to us on purpose. So uh, the cat who has a litter box on the first floor, but spends a lot of time upstairs in the bedroom is now 18, and is now thinking outside the litter box and having Mm -hmm. accidents upstairs. Yeah, because who wants to go down a level when you're old? Well, that's arthritic. That's the thing. It's nighttime and you can't see. Exactly, exactly. So what that cat is communicating is I've got everything you just said. Maybe difficulty seeing. Maybe I hurt a lot because I have arthritis. And And the new young cat is downstairs. Really, Mm. maybe yes, yes, yes. That could be too, or the kids, or whatever. Mm. So, but people don't necessarily put that together is my experience. The Wind Feline Foundation has been funding cat health studies for 51 years. If you have a cat or have ever treated a cat, nearly everything we know was once funded by this nonprofit, totaling about $6.5 million. From understanding retroviruses, FELV and FIV, to more recently targeting gene defects responsible for HCM in the Ragdoll and Maine Coon breeds. The Wind Feline Foundation Pet Memorial Program offers veterinary professionals an opportunity to reassure clients that their beloved cats have not been forgotten. And those dollars support health studies 
that benefit the lives of all cats. Contributions totaling $150 or more receive a certificate suitable for framing or display in your clinic. Imagine being able to treat kidney disease more effectively, using stem cell therapy to cure stomatitis, or drugs to treat FIP are actually within grasp. Consider your support in telling your clients about the WinFeline Foundation and a free newsletter at winfelinefoundation.org. So it sounds like your job is a lot. A lot of what you do is explain cats to people. Yes, it's right. about behavior. You know, I never thought I would, you know, when I first began doing this, I'd be certified as an animal behavior consultant. And a very good one. I don't know, but thank you. But there wasn't such a thing as an yeah. animal behavior consultant at that time. But uh, now I am, and mm. uh, you're right. I get to speak at uh, veterinary con- You know, so I will say that I have a unique niche because I speak at veterinary conferences. I'm going from here uh, to this coming Sunday, the Lincoln State Cat Show, yeah. where I'm speaking. Which is a big show. Yeah, yeah, mm. where I'm speaking to cat breeders primarily and the general public. Yeah. Mm. So I do, I, and then a few days after that, I'm speaking at an animal shelter. So it's just a wide variety, and, and I'm very really lucky. I don't really know anybody else who does that. Mm. Yeah. I think you're quite unique in that. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm a little, I'm a little intrigued. So you said a common question that uh, pet owners give you is, does my cat love me? Yes. What's another common question cat oh, well, ask you? Well, the most common one is why is my cat missing the litter box? Yeah. And that's yeah. the number one reason why cats right. die. So and it isn't renal yes. disease and it's not cancers and it's not cardiomyopathy. It's cats who are having a behavior issue. Uh, and I don't even want to say it's a behavior problem. Mm. It's amazing to me. I go into one home mm. and, and I'm going into that home because the cat's jumping on the counters. So I go into the home, all the cats are on the counters. This is a true story. All the cats are on the counters everywhere. And she wants it stopped. So, okay, I don't do a lot, but I made a house call, right? Mm-hmm. I walk into the house, I am knocked over by, by the, the smell. smell. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. That was not her complaint. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> You've got all these cats. She's got like three litter boxes and eight cats, you know. The boxes are all in the same room, so it's all predictable. Yeah. I ended up saying, you know, in a nice way. <laughs> Can we talk I tried about to it? say, yes. <laughs> I tried to say. Can we but that didn't talk bo- about the counter? <laughs> yeah, but that, I, I, it didn't work well. Yeah. It didn't bother her. Yeah. She really didn't want to add boxes or do any of that. She didn't seem to care. What she cared about was the kitchen counters and the dining room table. And you maybe know? the cats thought that the smell was less bad on the counter. <laughs> oh, there you go. Else. Yeah, really. The cats couldn't have been happy about that smell either. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I think veterinarians um, would, would say, too, that that's a really common uh, a question or, you know, problem. It's the number one yeah. reason why people put their cats into the shelter. Yeah, yes. it is. Yes. And as Steve says, that often results in death, or the owner doesn't even go to the shelter because they feel nobody's going to adopt that cat anyway, mm-hmm. yep. and they'll request euthanasia for that pet. So yes. I, I think that's an, uh, we don't talk about that often enough, that the leading cause of death in cats is is, a, is some behavior issue. Wow. I, I agree. Yeah. And, and, Which is sad. Yes, and that, and usually fixable. And, and yeah, that's the thing. often fixable. And then what happens is they go online and they read... Blah, 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 online. Mm. And what they read online may be right, mm. but oftentimes oh. it's not. And anytime, 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 and I'm, I don't have to tell this audience this, but what I tell the general public, uh, and I, I, this is my number one communication message now. Anytime there's a change in your animal's behavior, cat or the ferret, other, the ferret or species. any other species, <laughs> mm. 
which at this point it doesn't matter if I name no. because I'm so far behind the eight ball. Uh, but but uh, that there's probably a medical explanation for it. It may yes. not be behavior. So that cat yes. that is suddenly not using the box could have kidney disease, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Could have diabetes. Could yeah. have be hyperthyroid. The, the list goes on. Idiopathic cystitis. Yes. Now, there's lots of yeah. yes. And that's an important message because I think a lot of people do not connect behavior change to medical, you mm -hmm. know, issues. It's true. Right. And if we can make that connection and drive them into the veterinarian, we'd save more lives that I way. totally agree. And that goes back to those kitten classes. And mm -hmm. also things like the American College of Veterinary Behaviorists is coming out with a book in 2020 called yes. Decoding Your Cat. Yeah, yes, we are going to awesome. talk to one of the authors yes. as Excellent. well. We have an upcoming podcast. I you do? We do. It's so exciting. Oh, I'm excited yeah. about that book yep. too. I wrote the introduction or the foreword or something. So I'm so very excited. Why do we have to up. wait until 2020? Maybe we should talk pass. to publishers about that. That's, that's the only reason why. Yeah. Yeah. People don't understand how long it takes to publish no. a book. Yeah, yeah. that's it's no. a, yeah. I believe Susan. Knows. I don't. She I know. Knows. She knows. Yeah, yeah, it I, takes a long and time. And I know. Yeah, I know. It, it takes a long time mainly because Susan's slow, but yeah. nonetheless. And she complains uh, publishers, a lot about it too. Well, publishers are slower. Yeah. yeah so yes. it's yeah. it's a long retracted process yes yes but i am excited that the book is coming out well, it's, awesome. it's a decoding, dumb deal decoding your d Dull. yeah that one <laughs> yeah you did it again so. i, I at this point i, I might as well <laughs> give up I'm, I'm sorry i kind of led you into that <laughs> no, but, you did but anyway that book came out a number of years ago now. it did really well yeah and it did yes. really well so yes. i'm very excited that this and, and, sort of companion uh, the and and i was the the force behind that book because i thought what happened with that book is we were walking out of a session at this conference and and there's this a specific one. Yes. Oh, wow. no, well, not this year. Yeah, I mean, no, this, no, no. Yeah, but yeah, it was Western states, oh, and wow. uh, there's a slight walk from the convention center yeah. to as we know to <laughs> the elevators. Yeah, and, as our fitness trackers know. Yes. yes. So I'm I'm walking out, and uh, I was just in a session where all of these veterinarians were talking about dominance in that other species because of a TV show at the time. Yeah. And a behaviorist came up to me and he said, this is so ridiculous. Yeah. I can't believe these knowledgeable people yeah. are not being so knowledgeable, yeah. really, and asking about it. So uh, what can we do? Yeah. How can we elevate our platform to get the science out there? And I said, write a book. Right. Like, put on a show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what they ultimately were able to do. And the book did really, really well. And what I'm most proud of is not only the the information based on science in the book but is that the american college of veterinary behaviorists if you google any issue now related to that other species mm -hmm. if you if you google you will get veterinary behaviorists that come up now yeah. in google that didn't previously yeah. happen so in and 2020 we can do the same for thing the cat for the cat yeah. yes oh yeah. we're so excited about it. that's yeah. wonderful we are almost at the end what? of our oh, no. podcast already you know goes. this goes really fast so oh we but need, i have hours to talk yeah, to we you we need more. to get you back we anytime. will anytime but, so uh so susan one more question for you and then one more question for me and then we're wrapping it up okay so what is uh, i'm going to circle back to the to the wind feline foundation it's come up in many of our podcasts, and, and I never tire of talking about it. So I just, uh, what is the one of the current research projects that's been funded that you're most excited about? Well, I spoke about stem cells, so since I answered that one yeah. already. Yeah, other uh, than that. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here, oh, here's the one. So uh, we know that for some people that are autistic, yeah. children, that... Uh, a certain species with four legs that begins with the letter D mm. can be helpful, but not necessarily. Right. Because sometimes they are too effusive. Yeah. 
Mm. And and a, too overwhelming. Uh, yeah, yeah, and there's a tactile issue. Apparently, I'm no expert on autistic children by any means, but that's what I've been told. So now we funded a study about cats to see if because cats may be more deliberate, yeah. that may be more helpful. Oh to these children. What a wonderful human animal bond subject. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's, that's amazing. Awesome. That that's is awesome. awesome. Okay, last question, here we go. So what is the hottest and latest cat news that you have received? The latest cat news I've received? Yeah, you're a news guy now. <laughs> well, I'd say that the latest news about cats, uh, I, I think that this is, this is the latest news, and I referred to it briefly, and I'm talking about this tomorrow morning, at this conference. Mm -hmm. I've been out there, you know, so I talk at veterinary conferences mostly about behavior. Yeah. But I've also been talking about how veterinary visits have been down. Yeah. Here's what you can do, because I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm in the media. Mm -hmm. So here's what you could do to help support and market your specific practice. Here, here's the news, and it's doom and gloom, you know? Mm -hmm. So now, I'm, I'm not doing doom and gloom. I'm talking about how visits are bouncing back and it's millennials that are leading the way. And I'm yeah. talking about exactly what they want, but most benefiting by this are cats. Awesome. I mean, that's, I mean, look, who goes to cat cafes? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who posts Well, those? I do. I'm no millennial, but I go to cat cafes. You're, 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 he says you're a millennial, yeah. you're a millennial, uh, I buy it. I'm one at heart, I guess, yeah. And, and but, but it's the millennials that began this whole thing and post all those images. I mean, who would have thought five years ago, well, 10 years ago, mm. that we'd have all these celebrity cats on Instagram? Know. You know, and yeah. it's again, the millennials pushing all this. Even the notion of words like fur babies yeah. came from them. So, yeah. so, they, so that's good news. It's great news. I don't Excellent. know if that's this the kind of news you're looking for. perfect ending. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. it's not. It's a perfect ending. Uh, I love that. And, love and that. it's really not an ending because Steve is our, our per podcast announcer. Steve is, is the one who does <laughs> our <laughs> intros. And we have to thank him specifically yes. for that. So and you, also, hear, you hear him every time. And for getting also, his name wrong. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That, <laughs> I tried. I need to do a retake That's funny that. because it's, it's every time I, when I listen myself to the podcast <laughs> I do, um, I, that intro is it's like, Oh, there he goes again. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. And I have to laugh because it was... Uh, sorry. You know, really sorry for saying sorry. But, uh, uh, that's uh, the name of our media company, by you, the way. Oh, is it really? Sorry for saying yeah, sorry. That's, uh, it's Canadian. Very Canadian. That's exactly it. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, guys. I, this has been awesome. So yeah. uh, great interview. And uh, we would love we'll to have you back. Because yeah, there's so many things that we could talk about, uh, especially about the Wind Foundation, what you do. Uh, very well. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate Thank it. you, guys. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kerpenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page, at herpodcast. Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August, Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, 
She also admits to owning two dogs, and you can follow her on social media with the handle at CatPetSusan. Dr. Yurla Kirpenstein is a diplomat of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at G-V-E-T-S-X. 